they were three ordinary women on what seemed like a simple mission to find a film they liked. One where women got something to do and not just look pretty or be murdered. Which, to be totally honest, has complicated matters a bit. Welcome to Flicking. Yes, it sounds a bit rude. That's the joke. Hello and welcome to December's Flicking. I'm Mickey Noonan and I am joined as ever by Yossi Osman. Yosra, hello. Hello. And that Hannah Dunleavy woman. Hannah Dunleavy woman. Hello. Hello. That was so cheery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that does belie what I currently look and sound like. But yeah, okay. Hello. <laughs> Poor Hannah is absolutely knackered with flu. But we are still going to have a route around one of her favourite films, as is The Way of Flicking. So, Hannah. What did we watch and why do you love it? This month, we watched Paddington 2. When I was lying on the sofa in a hot sweat last week, thinking, <laughs> I've got to do some work. I haven't done any work for a week. This is ridiculous. I thought, oh, I could watch Paddington 2 for slicking. And I was so pleased with myself. So unbelievably happy that I had chosen this and put myself through this because it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, I mean, I've not got a lot to say in the sense of, What's not to like about Paddington 2? I mean, it's just gorgeous. <laughs> Technically, it looks beautiful. It's absolutely flawless in the way that it's that it's done. It's got a star-studded cast, which sometimes can really get on my nerves when there's loads of famous people. But somehow it just feels really comforting. Like, oh, look, there's there's Richard Iowardi just being funny for 20 seconds. Oh, look, there's Tom Conti. It's really comforting. And I suppose, I should say, I traditionally I really don't like Ben Whishaw, but I actually find even he quite charming in this, possibly because he's hidden behind a very, very, very cute bear. But yes, if I was going to pick two reasons and say, why am I pick this? Why do I absolutely love it? Number one, Hugh Grant is amazing in this. Yeah, He is. It's the best thing he's ever done. It's probably the best thing he will ever do. He is so fucking funny in it. And the second thing is, Simon Farnaby is an amazing writer. He genuinely is brilliant. If you watch Ghost and look at who wrote what episodes, the episodes that have one of those real emotional, like you feel a bit like you've been punched in the throat, but yeah, it's not done in a sentimental fashion. They're always written by Farnaby, all of those ones. You know, that great one where, where Julian goes, family, family, family. He just is able to deliver something that is really, really, really beautiful in a really, I would say, non-sentimental way. It doesn't feel cloying. Sweet, not saccharine, yeah. Exactly that. And he really, really nails that. So, yeah, that's my list. Done. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> He's great in it as well when he has his cameo. He does. Uh, he has the funniest line in it. He has a great and he's just, well, Actually, it's not even a line. It's when he's running while holding a cup of tea. <laughs> it just makes me pierce myself absolutely every time. His wife is also in it as well. She plays a copper. Did you see Paddington 2 at the cinema, Hannah? No, no, no. I saw it around Christmas, probably whenever it came Christmas out. Christmas film. Yeah, mm, I have I to say, I know it's not a Christmas film, but it's the perfect film to watch at Christmas because it just feels like a warm hug and it's really comforting. Definitely. And it's yeah. really family friendly as well, isn't it? It's one of those very clever films. And again, Farnaby, like you say, is such a great writer where there's loads for the kids. Like there's, there's a freaking bear in it. Amazing. Oof. And there's also lots of jokes for the adults. It reminds me in a way, and I know obviously it's not exactly the same at all, 
but of the Muppets, it's that kind of joy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Okay, so uh, my first question would be, do you feel the same about Paddington 1? Because I, I, I like Paddington 1, but I don't feel the same about it. I would agree with you. I really like Paddington 1. When I, when I first watched it, I thought, this film is amazing. But Paddington 2 does that rare thing where a sequel comes along and absolutely smashes the first film. This one, in terms of the kind of emotional, I say punch, but I don't mean punch. Punch sounds maybe perhaps too aggressive. But the writing, just everything about it, it just seems a different league to Paddington 1. And I'm saying that thinking Paddington 1 is like a four-star film. Paddington 2, to me, is one of the few films I would ever give five stars. Just perfect. Yeah. Mickey? Agreed, yeah. It's definitely got more emotional heft. But I think it wouldn't exist without the first one. So I do yeah. have to be grateful to Paddington, uh, which is also a very good film. But I've watched Paddington 2 more than I've watched Paddington. Yes, same. Yeah. Now, when I wrote that list, I should have added, of course, Sally Hawkins, because she is the absolute emotional core of this. She's so brilliant. And she, in a way, she's a, she feels like she's in a Wes Anderson film, but yes. I don't mind that. Yeah. Agreed, I, agreed. I, 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 so. Yeah, It's the yeah. coloured tights, isn't it? I think that's what it is. <laughs> and the swimming goggles and, yeah, just just everything about uh, a really screams Wes Anderson. But, yeah, I think she's really, really interesting. I think so many lesser films would have pushed her to the mothering role. And even though she is in a mothering role in this, in fact, it's her relation to me. Everyone gets quite tearful in this. For me, it's 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 that moment where she's just staring at him like I can't get you out. That is so unbelievably powerful. She is both mother and era in that moment. Absolutely. Oh God, that bit is just oh, devastating. It's yeah. Devastating. Yeah. Even when I know that it's gonna all be okay. <laughs> yeah. Still, like devastated in yeah. that moment. Oh, oh, I can't believe you've made me think about it again, Hannah. I'm now I'm getting crying all of a sudden. Yeah. His eyes. Yeah, his, I mean, well, there's a couple of things there, actually. Yeah. So one, I mean, Sally Hawkins, I love in anything, but she's really well suited to this role. She's got this sort of chaotic energy, but is so caring at the centre. And like you say, she's the real hero of this. But two, talking about the eyes, Mickey, the animation of Paddington is absolutely stunning. The way it conveys, it, it's done so imaginatively, but it conveys so much emotion, like just individual scenes where I just fall. For example, when he's sitting in the prison and the family haven't come to visit him and you just look at his little face and his eyes, that makes me cry. And that's just from the animation. Like it's, it's really well done. Absolutely. Yeah. So expressive. Yeah, and that is the joy. Paddington, we're all aware Paddington's a character, but he feels very, very real. He feels really real, and she absolutely makes that happen, I think, particularly in that very emotional scene where she's like, I can't get you out, buddy. That, like, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Let's talk about Hugh Grant, because it's just, it's just <laughs> incredible. Every single thing he does in this is just five stars. Everything, every, every little kick, every eyebrow raise every conversation he has with himself with many other characters <laughs> everything is just perfect yeah he's brilliant and you can tell he's having the absolute time of his life playing that role he's just loving it and it, it comes across so well I agree with you Hannah what you said in your intro that I think this is the best thing Hugh Grant's ever done I love his performance in this it's really knowing isn't it yeah he's really playful with it 
And I think, you know, he's not taking the piss out of the film at all, but he's pushing it as far as he can without becoming a a sort of parody of what the role is. It's so playful and also really clever because he does have to switch between voices and characters and have those conversations with himself. And he does it so brilliantly. His timing is just exquisite. Oh, just when he says the Browns have snuck into his house, have broken into his house. And he's like, why are you here? And he's like, in your pyjamas. Just the way he says, in your pyjamas. <laughs> Everything he does is perfect. Yeah, the half conversation he has with Joanna Lumley on a tape is, <laughs> is, is just magic, yeah. I've never had any complaints about Mr and Mrs Botticini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I don't... When I first watched Hot Buzz, it really jarred with me how I knew almost every single person in it was. There wasn't a single new face in that for me, and it really jumped. I'm over that now, and I do like Hot Fuzz, but as a rule, too many famous people in something gets right on my nerves. But, yeah, just just doesn't happen here. You're like, oh, look, it's Brendan Gleeson. Oh, he's oh, look, oh. it's... Yeah, and just every single person in it is a delight for however long they stay in it. Yeah. And there's such short cameos, some of them as well, yeah. aren't they? Or, or not, they don't have loads to do at all, like Jessica Hines and Ben Miller. They have really small parts, but they're all integral to it as well. It's this, it's this gorgeous tapestry of the friendships that Paddington have created. And yeah, yeah, it is really lovely. And it's not jarring at all. I didn't find it jarring. I quite enjoyed going, oh, look, it's steak. Oh, look, it's so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like every time I've watched it recently, I've discovered a new cameo. Someone who I didn't may not have known before and I know, know who they are. I'm sitting watching the prison scenes. I'm like, oh, it's Jamie Dimitri. Who last time I watched, I don't think he was as big. So it's it's quite fun for me to kind of play spot the spot the cameo. I was also like, who's been on our show? Oh, Sanjeev Bhaskar, Mira Sayal, Jessica Hines, friends of the Standard Issue show. <laughs> There's going to be a Paddington 3, obviously. It is on route. Are you going to be queuing up to watch that at the cinema or? Or are you like me, a weirdo, about when you really like one film, you don't want to go and see the rest in case they actually turn out to be staggeringly disappointed? I will definitely watch it. But I think Paddington, to me, is sort of a home movie because it's cosy. And yeah. also, there'll be loads and loads of kids in that cinema, so I don't want to go there. <laughs> good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. I might go to the cinema to watch it. <laughs> I, I mean, I like going to the cinema in general, um, so I, I probably will go and see it. But I, I trust the creators to get it right because they've done so well with the first two really, you know, top-tier films. And I'm I'm sure they'll do the same again. I, I hope I'm not disappointed, but I don't, I don't think I will be. Actually, I, I wanted to mention something else. Merch is inevitable. And actually, when back when we did the interview, it might be earlier this year, about Beatrix Potter. And I discovered that Beatrix Potter was the person who created merch. She was the person that said, what if we made my drawings teddy bears and people could buy them? I am cynical about merch. I come through King's Cross Station, as you will, Yosra, to that enormous nightmarish queue that you have to fight your way through to get out of King's Cross sometimes. That's outside the Harry Potter shop. In the last however many years I've seen all my friends' kids and, you know, my cousins' kids all with their Marvel stuff. Interestingly, Paddington doesn't seem to exist to create merchandise to me. I don't know why I think that. Is it because I like it? But I just don't recall seeing a load of that stuff about maybe I'm wrong. 
I think Paddington merch already existed. That's what I was just about to say. I think it was already there before the film, so there's probably no need. I mean, for a while, I suppose, when the Queen died, Paddington became associated with, with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Whenever I think about Paddington and the merch that I've seen before, it's the kind of the joy. Oh, sorry. I'm just glad because Mickey's brought on a, pad- a Paddington. <laughs> oh, wow. This is my very old Paddington bear, who's almost as old as I am. Very good condition, Mickey. I used to wear his Wellington boots, apparently, when I was Not little. so much you, but the bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a true story. I'm going to let her go away with it because it's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery bought me that Paddington bear, everyone. What? Absolutely true. Uh, I'm not. No way. Yeah, I'm not stretching this at all. My auntie used to work up in Glen Eagles in Scotland, and he came in and he left her a £20 hip which was huge at the time, the 70s. And she went and bought me Paddington. So, Sean Connery paid for my Paddington bet. That is incredible. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not quite what you said, though, was it? Sean Connery bought me Paddington Bear, Hannah. <laughs> we'll stick with it. Well, I'm taking no further questions. <laughs> but I think the thing with the Paddington and the merch is the merch has been around for like, right. however long. And so... There is different merch. Paddington doesn't look like my Paddington anymore when you see no. him for sale. The British Library did a Paddington exhibition and there was Paddington we merch went, there. We? Yeah. yeah, we went with uh, Jen and Lyra, didn't we? And it was it was lovely. Yeah. And the child enjoyed it the least, huh? I would say. <laughs> Hannah and I just running around, stroking various pictures. Like, oh, Which door is Paddington right? <laughs> yeah, we totally got involved. It was great. Uh, so there is a lot of merch. But what I think you're right about is some films feel like they exist purely so they can sell stuff. Yeah. And this this doesn't. This exists so it can sell joy, and I am very down with that. It's interesting. You talk about Paddington Bear, the character who's been around for years and years and years. As, as a kid, I was never really into Paddington Bear, but as an adult, I absolutely love these films. If we're talking about Paddington as, I guess, a franchise, although I don't really like to use this word in this, that word in this context, it's brought a lot of people onto the Paddington train. Hey, was that, a, that was a joke, right? The Paddington train? I'm going to say yes. If you, if you, oh, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. To interrupt briefly to say, and I meant to mention this earlier, huge Indiana Jones homage at the end of oh, this. yeah, yeah. When they're running through the train. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And the James Bond reference as well, when they're underwater in Casino Royale, that's what happens with Bond and his uh, missus. There are quite a few references to other films, which are so subtly done that you're not like, Um, oh, that's like, I mean, the Indiana Jones one is quite obvious, but also they're they're not jarring. None of it jars. It's just too lovely. Actually, Yasra, going back to what you said about not really liking Paddington while you were younger, when you were younger, Paddington was better than Rupert the Bear, who was the most tedious thing I'd ever seen in my life. But yeah, for <laughs> some reason, it was supposed to be fun for children. But no, he, he, Paddington wasn't really popular with me because Paddington's quite, he's almost too good. Paddington's almost like he's preaching at you a bit. So actually what this does is it it kind of makes a virtue of that by making jokes out of it, by, by making his, I'm such a good person. And contrasting that with the world that he lives in. So I think that actually, I can't think of an example of what I mean now, but I think the joke is quite often on Paddington. Yeah. For, yeah, for a second, because he is this, I'm so nice and brilliant. He's got that kind of naivety that means he takes everything at face value, where Knuckles says to him, oh, you know, 
I'm always open to hear complaints and everyone else is like, oh God, oh God. And he's yeah. like, how are you? Well, actually, and then says it. And he's got that really sweet naivety. I think because he's he's a small bear, isn't he? He's only a small yeah. bear. Uh, he's, he's a child. They shouldn't really have locked him up. He is only a small bear. Do you think it is about immigration as well? Because I think it is. Very gently. I think it is in a very sort of, it's not very heavy handed. No, not it. At all. it just touches on it very briefly. And actually, now we brought it up. I was going to bring it up anyway. I wasn't sure if I was going to be that person. But there is a really nice underlying messaging around multiculturalism. And it's made to come across very normal. They don't make a big deal of it. But it, it, you can sense it as you watch the film. There's a really positive message, but it's, it's, it's really subtle. It kind of lives on Pigeon Street in many ways, doesn't it? As in that there are a a wide variety of faces in it that are not just sort of diverse as in they're not all white but also they're like oh this is the doctor and this is that you know it has that view of London that is utterly laughable in the sense of none of those people could actually afford to live there I'm sure well it's but, it's not set now is it it's clearly I don't set know when in the it's past set, to be honest I think it's sort of set when Paddington became a thing it's sort of 1950s 1960s um, yeah, I think the tech is slightly more advanced than that, isn't it? The cars seem like newish cars, don't they? I don't know. That's never occurred to me to wonder when it's set. Yeah, I, I don't think it's now because like the kids don't have like computers or anything, and some of the rest of my newspapers, right enough. So yeah, yeah, clearly the past to some, to some degree. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it, its message is, you know, new people should be welcomed, and yeah, I'm one hundred percent behind that message. Yeah. Amen to that. I think that's really touching when they do all club together to bring Aunt Lucy over. And yeah, this is this is probably me adding to it a bit at the moment, but it really stood out to me this time I've watched Paddington 2 because obviously with a lot of immigration at the moment, there's a lot of policies that are trying to split up families and it's that joy yeah. of Paddington getting his family back and seeing his family that is so moving at the end. Like he's been brought up by this bear by Aunt Lucy and he's he's not seeing his uncle who died and then, and then she's there and it is really, really touching and yeah, families shouldn't be split up. Jeez. And maybe cry again, Mickey, goodness. <laughs> 36,000, what, what they saying now? 36,500? Got to learn to bring your family into the country. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's just so short-sighted. Anyway, that mm. is a much less joyous, much, much yeah. less, no joy in that topic at all. Unlike Paddington 2. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Jim Broadbent sounds like Nandor from what we do in the shadows. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point, actually. And now I'm going to rewatch what we do in the shadows. Have a lovely time. Yeah, Jim Broadbent's character is, is, is lovely. It, he's a bit Wes Anderson as well. I think there are yeah. he's he's a Wes Anderson character. I think I, now you say it, there are quite a lot of Wes Anderson vibes yeah. throughout the film, sort of aesthetically, but also with a lot of the characterisation. Yeah. And the prison break. Yeah, of course. Which is yeah. very stylistically done, yeah. yeah. And the whole bit where they turn the prison into a cafe, uh, you know, like a like, sort of French Par Parisian-type yeah. diner. Props to Brendan Gleeson, who's absolutely amazing. Love him. He even does a walk that makes me laugh, because they almost are doing as if they're cartoon characters, some of them, but yeah. just pull it back enough for it not to be, oh, eye roll. It's so good. It's like what you were saying, Mickey, about it being sweet but not saccharine i think on a lot of levels in this film including the cartoon nature of it and everything it's like they take it right up to that borderline where it could be too much but it's not too much it's yeah 
they they just hit that right spot and it, it just comes across really well you know it's feel good but it's not sort of goody two shoes it's just it they do it so well agreed yeah so my favorite non-paddington bit because you know everything that the bear's in is just beautiful but my favorite non-paddington bit is simon farnaby just when he's describing hugh grant as a nun i'm just that and usually attractive them <laughs> and uh, I did know it's because she left the herd. Yeah, he does really nail in a lot of stuff that he does, either that he acts or he writes, that sort of banality of jobsworthness, that sort of incredibly tedious man who doesn't really have a lot interesting to say, but thinks the one thing that's, that you know, their one thing happens to them and that's, their life has become very exciting all yeah. of a sudden. I also enjoy the concept of a nun parade. Uh, and also he's got trousers on which was a relief kids are good in this as well they're not so annoying because they too are the subject of some of the jokes they're not sort of idealized or sentimentalized either Mm. yeah yeah there's not enough judy walters in there if i was going to criticize it i would like more judy Walters. but yeah would you swap any hugh grant out for julie waters though i would definitely swap some um hugh bonneville Bonneville out for some more Julie Walters, yeah. Other than that, what a gorgeous film. Great choice, Hannah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Come on. Now, you are obviously quite famously, in your own words, a woman of stone. Like, you don't really yeah. do the crying. Does Paddington 2 make you cry? Yeah, that de- like, yeah, like I said, that bit where she can't get him out is, is awful. Yeah, it's genuinely, like, really moving. And even more so, because you're like, that thing doesn't even exist. <laughs> that thing that's making me cry isn't even a real thing. It's ridiculous. That, I don't know if she's under... I don't even know if they're underwater. I don't know what's happening. But yeah, it is absolutely awful. It's little face. Yeah. Yeah. Paddington 2 is the one time that my brother's wife has seen him cry. And they've got two children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's only ever cried at Paddington 2. <laughs> no surprises. I cried several times. Oh, yeah, same. We can't say what we're doing next time, can no, we? No, there, there's no kind of wrap it up, this is what we're watching next time, because we're going to give the format a little bit of a shake-up. And so, tune in to next year's Flickin' to find out what the fuck we're doing. Because we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a little bit of bread coming, hey? What the fuck are they doing? Tune in next year. <laughs> Standard issue for all women.